Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through four. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Thus ends our reading of God's holy word, our sole infallible rule of faith and practice. May it pierce the hearts of all who hear. Now you may be asking yourself, why are we making such a fuss over what happened 500 years ago? Is it really that important? I mean, sure, what, what Martin Luther did was great, but isn't the Reformation over? The Protestant church has pretty much separated itself from the Catholic church, so why not move on? The Reformers had a saying in Latin, and it went like this. Ecclesia reformata, semper reformanda, secundum verbi dei. Which means, the church is reformed and always being reformed according to the word of God. You see, the Catholic church didn't start teaching a false gospel overnight. There were many steps along the way that got them to that point. Martin Luther and others such as John Calvin and Philip Melanchthon, they understood that the the church had lost, that there was a reason that the church had lost the true meaning of the gospel. Because they had discarded God's word for the traditions of men. You see, the Reformation wasn't simply a split from Rome. In fact, Luther never meant to break away from Catholicism. The Reformation was a reawakening to the firm truths that Jesus taught and that the apostles held. In essence, it was, a, it was a call for Rome to repent. To this day, the Roman Catholic Church continues to teach a false gospel. Yet if the Protestant Church isn't careful, it will be in the same boat. And unfortunately, many have already gone down that path. Man-made traditions are not the sole property of the Pope. A number of Protestant churches today have, have left the solas of the Reformation and have journeyed onto a different pathway. Earlier, during our two children's moment, I spoke of sola fide and sola scriptura. Faith alone and scripture alone. These two were the hallmarks of the Protestant Reformation. Faith alone was called the material principle of the Reformation. That means it was the central teaching of this movement. And scripture alone was called the formal principle. 
That means it was the authoritative source from which the material principle came from, where faith alone came from. Let's take a look at these two closely to see where the church today has gone astray. First, sola fide, faith alone. In the early 1800s, there was a a revival in America called the Second Great Awakening. It was chiefly led by a preacher named Charles Finney. And while he did produce many converts, it has been questioned as to what these people actually converted to. You see, Finney did not believe that the righteousness of Christ was the sole grounds for a Christian's justification. Rather, a sinner must reform their own heart within to be accepted by God. Sound familiar? Faith plus works. This led to Finney's exuberant preaching style and the introduction of the anxious bench. He thought he could persuade people into the kingdom through his own charisma. Because of such thinking, he, he wanted to see action behind those conversions. For him, seeing someone walk the aisle to the empty benches in the front meant that that person was getting saved. Well, Finney was a very persuasive man, and his success led to many copycats over the years that followed. Altar calls were the new thing, and they became the norm. This led to other forms of action-oriented Conversion methods. Things such as pastors calling out for people to raise their hands to receive Christ. Or having a person recite a sinner's prayer. None of these things are biblical. And they all have their origin in Charles Finney. They are traditions of men. And they stem from a misconception of what God's role is in salvation. First of all. No one can convince another person into the kingdom of God. That role belongs to the Holy Spirit alone. Second, and more importantly, there is no action on our part that is needed for salvation. Faith is not something that we do. It is not coming forward for an altar call, or raising your hand, or saying some type of prayer. Faith is a gift from God. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Finney rejected the doctrine of faith alone. However, because his approach seemed so successful, his methods have crept into many churches today. Pragmatism has been elevated over faithful biblical practice. How about this church? Has First Congregational become a place where you feel the need to persuade people into the kingdom? Do you expect someone to come forward or to raise a hand or to say some type of prayer in order for them to be saved? Or do you trust in the power of the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit to produce faith in a person? What about sola scriptura? 
Scripture alone? How has a Protestant church moved away from that? The most blatant rejection that can be seen today is in the Pentecostal or Charismatic movement. Many are those who claim to be receiving revelation outside of Scripture, whether it's through dreams or visions or some direct word from God. These are the things that are taught from the pulpits instead of God's Word. Even though the Bible warns us about such things, in our Scripture reading for today, what does it say? In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. It is when a teacher strays from God's word and begins to teach things outside of scripture that they have effectively turned their backs on sola scriptura. Yet it is not just in the charismatic world that we see things like this. Some of the more popular Christian books of our time are just as bad. Take, for instance, Jesus Calling by author Sarah Young. Her book has sold over more than 15 million copies. In this book, she claims to hear directly from Jesus himself. And then she transcribes these words to paper. I mean, we might as well latch it on to the ends of our Bible, don't you think? She also claims that God's word is insufficient. For her, the Bible just wasn't enough. She wanted more. That's when she began getting these extra biblical words from this so-called Jesus. How is this any different than the Pope claiming to speak for God? Yet because a Christian publisher puts their stamp of approval on it, many in the church today believe that such books are both biblical and safe. I'll let you in on a little secret. Publishers like Zondervan or Lifeway, they are businesses just like any other, trying to make a profit. And to that end, they they publish what itching ears want to hear, because that is what sells. Be careful when you visit the Christian bestseller list. It may not be as Christian as you would like. Yet it's not just extra-biblical revelation that we need to be wary of. Where most churches go astray is by elevating things like culture and science over and above God's word. Doctrines that the church have, has held for two millennia are now being tossed to the curb because they are unacceptable by society at large. The most obvious example of this today is the assault on the bi- biblical view of marriage that is between one man and one woman. Another example would be the attack on the creation story in Genesis. And while these things are troubling, 
all stem from a misguided view concerning God's word. The rejection of sola scriptura is the root of the problem. For churches going down this path, the the Bible is not the sole authority concerning matters of faith and Christian practice. Other sources of knowledge have been lifted high, either next to the Bible or even above it. And these sources have become markers of approval, making sure that, that the Bible slides in somewhere underneath it. What is the authority in this church? Will sola scriptura be the benchmark that you go by? Or will you follow the route of culture and science, caving to society's wishes? How did our Lord view scripture? Where did he turn to when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness? God's word. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus going against the grain of culture by quoting Old Testament passages again and again. For he knew that it was there that God had revealed himself. Listen to our Lord's words in Matthew 5, verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus held fast to God's word. Not only because they were authoritative, but also because they were written about him. In Christ, we see the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. As he hung upon the cross, we see God's justice being accomplished. The sin of the world was placed on his shoulders. He paid the penalty that mankind deserved the penalty that you deserved. And in exchange, the righteousness of Christ has been placed on all who trust in him. If you have faith in Christ, you too will be declared righteous. There are no good deeds that you can do to merit God's favor. Purchasing indulgences, that'll get you nowhere. For it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that salvation has come to you. To God be the glory alone. This is what scripture alone has taught us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Our sole authoritative source when it comes to our Christian faith and practice. And we thank you for your son who died for our sins upon that cross. You demand no works on our part, but only faith in him. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.